All right. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Next Level Quad Pod. I'm Greg, joined by Marilyn, James, and Rich. What's up, folks? Hello. Hi. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, wow. Ooh, I'm always excited to see, James, what you've got <laughs> so in store for us. Um, that threw me off my chair. Yeah. I can't get the podcast now. Uh, all right, folks. So we got a bunch, couple of little things to talk about, but tonight's show, uh, we've been talking a lot about the physical side of triathlon. Uh, once we get into the nuts and bolts of this, we're going to talk about the mental side of it, talk about some mental resilience and how to fight through some of the, the physical pain and suffering of, uh, endurance sports and, and how to cope with it mentally. So hopefully we'll be able to help you out. So the next time you're in that pain cave, you'll, uh, be able to fight through it and, and finish that workout or finish that race. We have been planning for this episode for a long time. I feel like I'm I've like been planning my entire life. It, right? <laughs> and, right? And then it's finally here. And then we're going to solve the world problems. All at once. All at once. Yeah. Just one episode. We're going to do it. Oof, I, I really hope set that I expectation hope, high. Right, here we go. Everybody's listening. To you. Um, well, before we get into Ladies that, gentlemen. Uh, we got a couple of things. We, um, what do you want to start with, James? Oh, we talk about our last weekend uh, trip to the Washington Township 5K Health and Wellness, uh, yeah. their first annual 5K. Had a pretty good turnout from the team. It was a lot of fun. A um, bunch of us raced, and we had a, a booth there with a raffle. But uh, how, did, how did everyone's race go? I know some people saw the post-race uh, interviews with everybody. But <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you posted that. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're getting recorded, it's, it's going to end up somewhere. Uh, when's the last time any, everyone did a 5K earnestly? The one we did together. Yeah. Turkey again? Turkey trial. Oh. Um, I didn't. Uh, that I did, was we did the did. Upper Saddle River yeah. Turkey trial. Upper Saddle yeah. River Turkey trial. What month? That was December. Thanksgiving. I don't think you did Thanksgiving? it. It was Thanksgiving morning. Okay. Yeah. Turkey trot. James didn't go. Yes, he did. He oh, did. that was with oh, yeah, your yeah, son. Yeah, yeah you oh, ran yeah, with yeah, my he son. Did. He kept trying to <laughs> yeah. keep up with him. Right, 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 right. That was fun race. My son tried to keep up with him. <laughs> really? No, I thought he was. All right. No. I thought he was that bad. James went and ran up. Ran up. Logan t- still tells the story about like how James and him cheated the course and like <laughs> ran, ran up on the, the grass. grass. <laughs> it wasn't cheating. I try and tell him that. Yeah. He's like, "Well, we were on the grass and nobody else was on the grass." So I don't, I don't <laughs> want any rumors spreading about me. But it was a it was fun it was a fun day it was hot it was oh my gosh it was so, so humid it was yes. such, and, and I haven't ran in uh-huh. warm weather at all this year it was all right so I was hurting yeah me too just all right tough. yeah no the race was great it was I a good event course. yeah the event was nice nice flat course yeah you know, something you could run fast on yeah I would say pretty well organized yeah yeah I um read the map wrong like I thought it was an out and back. Yeah. So I kept waiting for like, where's oh, this turn turnaround around. point? Because I was like, all right, once I get to the turnaround point, I'm going to try to, you know, turn it on. <laughs> I just kept going. I was like, where is this thing? Where is this thing? And then it was like, wait a minute. Like, maybe there is no turnaround. I'm like, wait, what, how far am I? And so I was like, yeah, I, I was a little discouraged at that point. And then I um, I saw this guy. Uh, the he He went out hard. And then around mile two point something, he started walking. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I want to walk too. I was like, I like what he's doing. And then I was like, in my head, oh, do I just walk? Like, I, I felt like I was gas. I went out too hard. I, I did I took too. A walk I went out too I took a walk too. break at like two miles. Oh, did you? Yeah. Was it you that I saw then? No, <laughs> I was never in front of you. I was struggling too. And I kept telling myself, just walk. Like, this race is not important. And yeah. I just, my body was like, nope. 
No, I, not going to let you. No. I want to save that for the mental resilience discussion. I know. Because was, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take did a Did you? No. So I, I saw the guy walk, pull over. I was like, oh, I want to do that. That's but I was hard. like, oh, let me just pass in. Let me keep going. Then I'll see what I can do. And then I, I caught up to some kids. These kids, the kids running it were just yeah. like, they were just not getting tired. I was, I was catching up to them and they were like <clears> pulling ahead. And then I forget, there's like a little, I don't know how much was left, but then I started hearing the familiar sound of these pounding footsteps. It's like, boom, 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 boom. Like, oh, Marilyn? I was like, is this Marilyn? No, I never <laughs> and thought I was like, it was my friend. I was like, oh, Marilyn's coming up on me. I was like, can I keep going? Because I wanted to give up. I was like, I gotta slow down. I can't do it. I was like, And then I heard him getting closer. I was like, all right, I can't do it. Like, I was just going to look. But then like, it was like, just staying right behind me. It's like, it's like, what's she doing with it? She's like toying with me. Like, <laughs> like it's like a, like a predator catching their prey. And I was like, and then I finally look around and then it was, it was Marilyn's friend. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, well, she's going to pass me now. But then, uh, I don't know. I just kept going. And then she, I, I think, I think I finished a couple seconds ahead of her. I don't know if she was just toying with me, but I was ready to just basically get eaten. I was like, oh, oh good. So she pushed you to keep she going. She pushed me. And then I saw the video of the, the finish, like the, I was like, I look so weird. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing like some kind of power power jog. Like, I was like very upright and like in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm moving like so. Yeah, we all think we look bad. <laughs> yeah, always. And we actually do. Yeah, yeah. it looked bad. Mm-hmm. That looked bad. But it was fun. Yeah, yeah it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Fun to hang out. Put a little effort in. I, I haven't done any hard running like that all, know, all year. So like, it was definitely a little bit of an eye-opening uh, yeah. experience. But your wife did great. Yeah, she had a good run. Second overall female? Mm -hmm. Yeah, second overall. And uh, her buddy came in right behind her in third. So they were both, they both ran together in college at TCNJ. um, And she's been trying to get back into it. So she runs, she goes to like Orange Theory classes two or three times a week. And then she'll do a trail run or so. Trail runners like go to the duck pond or something like that um, on the weekend. And she just, yeah, she prances on her toes and. Yeah, she looks. She so looks smooth like and under control. You're supposed to look like when yeah. you're running. Yeah, but she passed me. I, I didn't was even like, see her pass me. I was suffering and <laughs> yeah, yeah. She passed me at like the one mile mark, and she goes, like, "Hey, you're doing great, Greg." And like <laughs> breathing through her nose, yeah. like, "All right, way same, to go." Huh? That was saying like I was like dying at mile <laughs> two points, and she's like, "Good job, James," and she's like <laughs> floating across. Yep. And then she tried to tell me, she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's like muscle memory. And, and I'm like, no, it's no, not. Like, there's no, not there's not muscle memory for a 5K. Yeah. 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 Thanks for trying to make me feel good, hon. She paced it right. Yeah. She did. <laughs> I went out. I don't know what I was thinking. We're, I don't, I think we went sub seven in the beginning, like six. I was even, I, yeah. it took, it took like a few, I don't know how long, but it took you a while. I went out so hard that it took you and Nicole a bit to catch up to me. Mm, yeah, you were. Yeah, I, I remember was, you took off. Yeah, the gun went off. I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, God, I'm dying. I tried to stay under control and I was like, ah, okay. And I saw Marilyn take off. I was like, okay, I'm going to let her go. Yeah, good. I was like, ah, I'll yeah. catch up. Like, I saw Koichi and Marilyn up there. I was like, right. That's, right that was my mistake. I stayed with Koichi. <laughs> he did awesome. He did very well. For like a second. <laughs> <laughs> so. We did the 5K and then afterwards there was like a wellness fair and we set up a table. We talked to some people. We handed out some nutrition samples. We uh, brought a rower and we had like a little challenge going. We did a, a raffle to give away a, a I don't want to say, is it a, I don't want to. A Theragun you, Okay, it is the Theragun, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we're going to do the drawing for that uh, yeah. right now, right? We have all the names. Mm-hmm. Do we need a drum roll? I don't know. Um, do you have a drum roll? Who wants, who wants to pull... No, I don't. I've <laughs> that's as close as I got. <laughs> I just gotta hit it really fast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just keep using it. 
<laughs> now the rest are no, oh, no, no drum rolls. Okay, the lights all went out. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> all right, who wants? Who wants? You want to do the honors of yeah. pulling out a name? It. Yeah. So yeah, the people had to. Uh, so you could just sign up. It was a free to sign up for the raffle, <laughs> or if you rode 250 meters as fast as you could. Um, Actually, it didn't even matter didn't if you went matter. as fast as you just, could, yeah. actually. Row, right? just, people yeah, just, just were competitive. Did, people were competitive all on their own. Like, yeah. we never said it was a competition, and they were like, oh, what is, what's the highest score? Yeah. People just wanted to beat each other. <laughs> yeah, and so, was, yeah, as soon as, some, as soon as someone recorded a score, then, like, the seal yeah. was broken, and yeah. people just oh, yeah. don't want to do that. And people did it multiple times. Right. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. Win, to try yeah. and get there faster. And when uh, he says people, <clears> he means himself. He also did it I waited till the end. I waited till, well, I did the first one, and then I waited till the end. Until you saw what you had to do to win yeah. yes yeah. exactly he took a gel did you win <laughs> i did win yes. uh so i started with a 47.3 mm-hmm. and then the winning was like 47 up to a certain point yeah. i think yeah men what, yeah yeah and then then i went for and i went like 43.7 oh yeah. wow okay yeah mm-hmm. awesome and that was all, next level. All i, don't know, I got a question those numbers pull up that picture i was there <laughs> Oh, it's it's I I I save those. That's part of like the mental resiliency. I <laughs> take little wins like that, file it in my head. Take the win, yeah. <laughs> little achievements. All right, here All we right. go. So, so here we go. the, the winner, winner is Gianna Beckmeyer. <laughs> Way to go! So Gianna Beckmeyer. I'm sure she's a listener. <laughs> um, I guess we'll reach out. To, we have emails. Yeah, we have our yeah, email, have phone email. number. We'll we'll track her down. <clears throat> awesome. Get her. We'll we should tell her. her she has to listen to the podcast to Trying claim. To, if I remember the name, who it I was. I think I know who it is. Yeah. I think it was actually um, one of the first people to come to oh, the yeah. tent. So early bird gets Yay. the worm. Awesome. Good for her. If I remember correctly. I don't mm-hmm. know. Sweet. Hopefully she puts it to good use. Mm-hmm. All congratulations. Right. Yeah. Congratulations, Gianna. All right. May your muscles be ever <laughs> They will loose. be grateful. It's really great for uh, <laughs> tissue resiliency. Yeah. Your uh-huh. tissue will be so resilient. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So um, I feel like we've been talking about possibly doing this episode for a while. And we kept either coming up with different ideas or pushing it off. Because off. there's just so much. There is so yeah, much. This may be a three, four, five part series. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll keep it to one. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, like, are we going to solve everyone's mental resilience? No. Right here, right now. I, I think we're going to try. Well, yeah? Let's try to break it down. You know, what what are the kind of things that you face? Give the tools needed. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, what what worked? What there's there's definitely a common theme amongst the pros. Uh, people have gone through it. There's certain kind of. Do you think guidelines. the pros like hold like a secret back for themselves? I'm like, I'm not going to tell everybody. Yeah. I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't. I don't think there are secrets. I don't mm-hmm. think there's. No, it's all public knowledge. I think so. Because mm-hmm. you could know all this stuff too, right? But if you can't do it, yeah. yeah, like I know a lot of it, doesn't mean I can do it. Like you actually have to do it in training. Yeah, and we'll go over all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to start, guys? I, mean, I guess the you know this interesting study or the concept of mental resiliency. We can yeah go into it. Reference that. So back in uh, 1898, this guy named Normal, Normal Triplet, observed that cyclists rode faster when competing on a track <laughs> with a competitor than when they uh, cycled alone. So that kind of mm-hmm. began became the genesis and uh, proved that there was something to mental resiliency or um, breaking through mental barriers. Because if there was some sort of, I guess, carrot or motivation, you could push yourself 
harder if you could break through that mental barrier. I saw another study where like cyclists who were shown pictures of like happy, smiling and um, positive faces did better than the ones who were shown like struggling, negative, frowny faces. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Smiling uh, releases endorphins that help you push harder. So even just seeing smiling those, that's what's interesting. So like when I'm gritting my teeth, I'm actually smiling to like go faster. (laughs) (laughs) Good. So I mean, so what is that? What was the takeaway from that? Train with people, right? Yeah. Have somebody to push you? Well, yeah. If you put yourself in a, so if you think you have X amount of effort available and you're training alone, you feel like, oh, this is kind of where I can push myself. But if there's someone next to you, like when you're in the swim lane in the pool mm-hmm. and you catch that person in the corner of your eye, like you, you get this little mm-hmm. boost. Is yeah. that so, competitive nature or is that mental resilience? Probably both. Is there a difference? Yeah. Like what are we saying mental resilience is? Is it just going harder for longer? When you don't want to. When you don't, mm-hmm. Yeah, when you don't want to. So that's, I think, the resilience part is you hit a point where you're like, oh, that's, I can't do anymore. This is all I got. And then you have to decide, is it all I have? Right. Or do I have more? Can I keep going? Can I go faster? So how do you break through that point? And so if having someone competing next to you, even if they don't know you're comp- they're competing against you, helps you get over that hump, you know, that's one way. Because most often when you first say <clears throat> I don't have any more. You actually do have more. That's it's that. just your mind is like feeling the pain and wants to stop. What is that? That the um, Marines, the Marines, we have forty percent more. Yeah, yeah. Or you're at forty percent or something when you have no more to give mm-hmm. and you can you have so much more in the reserve. So that's what David Goggins said, and I thought about it. I was like, I don't know if he quoted any. No, it's study. Marines. Oh, They're, the Marines. Oh, yeah. so the Marines. Yeah. Told, so they figured that out. So yeah, it's like your mind is telling you is, no. As humans, we're wired that when you feel pain, <clears throat> your body wants to stop because it doesn't want to feel the pain anymore. But you can actually keep going. And yeah. 40% is a lot. 40% yeah. a lot. a lot, yeah. I don't know that that's a mathematical, like, proven I know. statistic, but really? they just, like, yeah. come up with a number. I, I know there's been a study, and I can't remember uh, too many of the <clears throat> details, but it was, like, it had to do with something along those lines where, like, they they said, you're going to be doing an effort for this long. And when everybody got there, then they, they, they or the, the point was you need to do an all out effort for five minutes or something like that. And then at the end they said, okay, now sprint. <laughs> and the fact that people were actually able to sprint mm-hmm. like showed that there's, there is that something in reserve. Mm-hmm. There, there's something that you aren't using, whether it's, and Part of the theory was like it's for self-preservation. It's mm-hmm. like, exactly. you know, you are holding on to that for, you know, when that lion's chasing you, you mm-hmm. still need that last little burst to get away um, or something like that. I could be making that up. No, but, that's what they say. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So having some kind of competition is a strong. And I think that's why like Strava, you know, Strava is like the perfect storm of social media mm-hmm. and competition mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And people go out there and destroy themselves trying to. For Strava? To get their Strava and like the segments. And be a segment yeah. there and, and <clears throat> you know, just be, even if you can't be a, get the KOM or QOM, yeah. like beat your friend and yeah. all that stuff. They really milk that. Oh. And I really, I, I mean, maybe I'm just you never naive. You paid attention to those? 
I mean, it felt good when it was like, oh, you're the local legend now or something. Yeah. Local legend just means you've done it a lot. Yeah. But you know, it, it feels good when you're like, oh, local legend. <laughs> and then later. Sounds good, right? Like, oh, you yeah. lost, but then it'll tell you, oh, you you're lost like your. like local legend of your street. <laughs> <laughs> hey, local legend is a local legend. That's right. Nobody's going to argue that. <clears throat> so then I think what's interesting, then we can talk about with like mental barriers, like the types of mental barriers you face. Mm-hmm. And so some, you know, three common ones would be self-doubt, fear, or lack of motivation. And where do you guys feel like when you're in that pain cave or the dark place, what do you feel the most out of those three? I I feel them all at different times. (laughs) (laughs) This morning it was lack of motivation. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't fear so much. I don't know that I've ever felt fear. I'm interested to know like where that would crop up. For Uh, me, it might be fear of failure. Me, yes. I think is what they're meaning by fear. Yeah. So it's easier to quit than to fail. Yeah. And that, that's true. You know, I, I totally agree with mm-hmm. that. I was also going to say the water. Like, they just like, you're going out in open water, people have panic attacks and there's all yeah. kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a fear. Okay, or like, I guess descending like, on a bike fear. or something like yeah. that. <laughs> Crashing on a bike, people have like yeah. clipping in or whatever. There's fears all over. Okay. I think I'm actually, I mean, I, I think I feel fear, the mo- but not in like the scared fear. I'm afraid of like finding out that I'm inadequate. Mm-hmm. Like I've put in the training. Compared to what? I mean, this is, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, I no, texted you guys when I saw this outline, I was like, man, we're going deep tonight. Like somebody <laughs> might cry on this episode. <laughs> it's going to be James. James. It's going to be James. So I'm afraid of, you know, put, you put in all this training, your numbers mm-hmm. say this, and you should be able to hit these paces and all these things. And I'm afraid what if like I put all this work in and then I, mm-hmm. I go to, I'm afraid to hold that pace because I'm afraid, what if I fail? Like what if, yeah. what if those numbers didn't add up? What if like right. I just completely blow up and I'm afraid to actually find out like I'm not good. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather be like, eh, I'm just going to take it easier and not really go to that threshold pace or that race yeah. pace because I, I don't want to know that I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I know how to get into his head. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'd rather be like, I'm I would dial never. it back. Yeah. I'm going to be in a kind of, you know, a little uncomfortable, but kind of a buffer zone to say, you know what? This is like safer. Yeah. Versus yeah. going like, for it. Like James's threshold efforts today on the bike. <laughs> I don't think your, his heart rate didn't get over 130. Oh my God. <laughs> it was hard. But though. I think that's more common than you think. I don't, I think yeah. that's probably how a lot of people feel. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid to be like a fraud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not a fraud. You're not a fraud, or, may, or maybe it's like lack of confidence. Like I, I don't, yeah. I don't have the confidence. I don't think it's fear. Yeah, you just it's doubt you can do it. I, it's probably both. Yeah, self like doubt. You doubt your or or you're yeah. afraid of self doubt. Yeah, you're afraid. <laughs> Could you be afraid of self doubt? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid of like exposing myself. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, how don't get naked on the course. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. One of the things I've heard, um, like. And podcasts I listen to and stuff about this. Wait, is, you listen to other podcasts? I do, but about mental. Cheater. Now I'll have this. She one runs to for to so long mental. that ours aren't long <laughs> enough. No. Um, is that you have to trust your training? Yes. So that comes into it. Like you'll have those thoughts, but you need to push them aside and say, "Like I've trained for this, and I, I can do this." And that's how you do. Well, maybe that. we just yeah. like yeah, that's that's a strategy for like a pre-race strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we can go into that after. Yeah, but I think. That mental barrier—that's what you're gonna yeah. trust, your trust your that's coach. Trust your coach. That's my mental barrier. Trust your training. Trust the plan that yeah. you have for the race. Trust the plan. So I'm I'm very distrustful of myself. 
But maybe now I'm turning a leaf because before I kind of strung my true efforts a little too close to the race time mm-hmm. and kind of and then this time I kind of I've been really ahead. giving myself yeah. a fair shot. He's giving himself at least a couple more weeks than last time. <laughs> a, couple, a lot more. A lot. So. He, he, you texted me once over the winter. You were like, when's the absolute latest we can <laughs> <Yeah>. start? <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> Three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been my answer. Um, yeah, I think, I don't think I've ever been afraid of that kind of stuff. I think you grew um, up with it though. Yeah, I guess I, I grew up with like endurance sports and competing at that kind of thing. Um, I so think you have to really go deep into your childhood. Yeah. And see if you were ever afraid as a kid. I think honestly for me, uh, self doubt is, is probably the biggest barrier that I I've hit up against. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's a fear, but I think that those two are probably overlap or very mm-hmm. similar kind of kind of things. I think I I definitely have doubt about what I'm capable of doing. Um and I let all kinds of things creep into my head about what might cause that or you know what might prevent me from getting to some of those things that I want to do. Um and they're really hard to get over. You know, those are things like you know, I should probably sit down with a therapist and like <laughs> hash out a bunch of them. Um but yeah, that's that's for me self-doubt is probably the big one. Motivation is Motivation comes and goes for me, you know, um, but I don't know that my me- lack of motivation is necessarily like my biggest mental barrier preventing me from being better than I am. Even for those zero dark 30 workouts you mentioned? Um, is that yeah. a motivation issue? I don't know. I think it's a schedule. Motivation issue. comes and goes for everybody. If right. you sit and around I'm, and wait to be motivated. Right. You're never going to get anywhere. Get anything. Yeah. You have to have that you have to have intrinsic drive and yeah. discipline. And that I could definitely, I could see that in all aspects of <laughs> my life. So discipline requires what? I don't know. If you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> I think a plan, number one. Yeah, yeah right? definitely. Setting a goal. That's the first step. So mm-hmm. if you, if you like set a, a specific goal. Yeah, you set a specific goal. I think that's what um, John had just talked about recently in one of his videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, setting a very specific goal. So a smart goal. Yeah, that works. I remember when we were working on stuff at school and my boss brought up smart goals and I was like, are you kidding me? Like it starts <laughs> listing what each of the letters stands for. I'm like, this sounds like just what, a joke. What do they stand for? <sighs> um, like you weren't expecting that question. <laughs> I, know. I know. Smart <laughs> goals. Um, I feel like I forget what the S is. Measurable, attainable, time, S-M-A-R, realistic and time constrained or something. I forget what the S stands for. Hmm. Uh. Small maybe? I don't know. Well, that's actually, so that was kind of segued into one of the strategies here. It said making sure you set realistic goals. Yeah. So if it's like way too out there, I mean, you're definitely going to have a lot of mental barriers if it's specific. unattainable. Uh, specific. 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 So specific, measurable, measurable achievable, relevant. Oh, relevant. Relevant. So yeah, I wasn't time-based. This is going back like 10 years. So, but every once in a while I hear smart goals crop mm. up. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, for especially the kind of stuff we're doing. It it makes you drill down through beyond just like, oh, I want to do an Ironman to like, well, okay, what is it going to actually take to do that? Yeah. You know? So I heard someone talking about this and they said that you should create being goals. So like, I want to be patient during the race. 
Um, I want to like do create goals that nothing can impact other than yourself. Hmm. So how you want to be during the race to achieve what you want to achieve. Fast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that could be one. That that could be one. Be tough, be strong, fast, be resilient. So much You're fast. stuck on fast. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> if I'm fast, you can be as strong as you want. You I'm have to be, be specific. Faster. How fast? Right. Faster than anyone else. <laughs> well, they all said relevant. <clears throat> Are you saying that's not relevant for me? I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Ouch. <laughs> that one is a tough one. Um, I like that, though. That's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. focusing on the things you can kind of control then. Right. Control right. the control. Nobody else can, yeah, nothing else can impact that. And that's hard because we we compete in a sport that you're ranked against other people, mm-hmm. you know? Let me ask a question as, as we go deep into this episode. Is your mental resilience the same for training and for racing? Because I, I think they're a little different. I think mean, so? I think so because I think for training no, it it's a lot. I mean... Mental resilience for training takes a little bit of a different approach than than for for racing in terms of. I don't think so. I think if you give up on workouts, you're going to give up in a race. You have to practice to oh, buy your training. Oh, that's not what training. I mean. So I what do you mean? I just mean like there's uh, the mental resilience for motivation during a during workouts during the the like the the months leading up mm-hmm. the motivation and the mental resilience for that. I, I don't, I don't need that when I'm at a race, like at a race, there's different, like not giving up resilience. Right. It's different. Like, I don't know. Is it? I, I don't know. I see what I, I, I see what Rich is saying. I understand it. I, I can't well, verbalize it good. though. Right. I, really know hard. I know that feeling, that's what you're not saying. not good for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, try to see We're going to draw you a picture of the notes. As Rich, try to see like what Rich I'm says, imagining. more words, please. <laughs> say more words. Say more words. On race day, it's more like, uh, I don't want to say, like it's it's like do or die. Like, you ha- like you're there. Mm-hmm. You're already there. You got to so, do it. So it's like whatever happens that day, you will do whatever it takes to kind of reach your goal. Like it, it's, You got to, you know, dig deeper. Like You're in it. Like... I don't want to use this, but you like, have there's to, no shutting it down during you have, the race. But you have to do that in training, too. But you you can shut it down. In, in, but you shouldn't. But you don't think, like, you don't think there are times in a race where you do, like, shut it down? Like, not from 300 watts to 100 watts, but or from seven-minute pace to walking, but you you just cave a little bit? In a race? So that's what I mean, right? So the mental resilience not to pull back during a race is different for a, a, a training session. If you're not feeling well and you're doing a training session, you, I don't think you need the same mental resilience to pull yourself back in a training session. Whereas in a race, I think you you may need a little bit of a different mental resilience to go harder even if you saying. don't feel well. Okay. You do, but you need to practice what what you would do in that race scenario while you're training. Yeah, and so then I then pose the next question. I know we're going deep. Um, <laughs> I then pose the next question. Is then digging deep sometimes more detrimental in your training than taking some rest and not having that kind of like dig deep attitude? And one That's that's what I mean. Like one workout isn't going to be better than the other. You're going to not necessarily need to be as resilient, push through every workout like crazy. It's okay to to get a feel for what, how you're doing at that point in time and pull it back. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would say in a race, no. 
Well, in a race, you just pull it back. Maybe like he said, don't, you know, if you're doing 300 watts and you can't, you pull it back to 280. Fine. But that that's yeah. what I mean. That's the difference in the training versus mm-hmm. race. Yeah. No, resilience. I see what you're saying now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did that today. I drew them all a picture <laughs> for everybody watching. Yeah. <laughs> I did that today. Couldn't finish my workout. So. And then like there's times I don't feel well and I'm like, I think it's better to take a rest day than to fight through to do, to be motivated yeah. to work out. And I, and I've done both. And I think taking a rest day for, for me at times is better because then I recover faster, I get better faster, and then I can put in more training that's harder. Right. And if it was a race, I'd be like, no, you're, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. Your friends are all going to make fun of you. You're going to do this. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. The shame. The shame factor. Okay. We're not going to talk about that. That's not, that's not good. Oh, I, I feel like Ray wants the same thing, but I also want to say something. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So I think that's fine to have that in training, but if it starts becoming right, the majority it. of your yeah. attitude, mm-hmm. then it's a problem, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once that's in a, where every once gonna... in a while, if it's mm-hmm. smart to dial it back, you don't have it that yeah. day, that's not going to hurt you. But if it becomes a pattern and every time you start to face something uncomfortable and then it's like, right. eh, it's okay, this is training, I'm going to mm-hmm. just dial it back you're going to run into problems a thousand percent so like the mental resilience still needs to be there a hundred percent like but but you know train smarter not harder right and 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 so yeah like in training you you will need the mental resilience at certain times but there are certain times you you'll you'll need to be able to just say it's okay i heard a quote that said um train how you race which means, which what they're trying to say is when you're training, always give 100% like you would in a race. Mm. Not say like, oh, well, it's just training, so I'm only going to give 80%. I like that. because As long as, and this is the caveat that I was going to, that I had like floating around when you were saying that I looked like oh, I had something I want to say, <laughs> that your plan makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because where, what Rich is talking about the people who constantly dig deep and waste all that. I, I, I do think you have a, a limited amount of mental energy to do to do that kind of stuff and to dig deep in, within a period of time. And tissue resilience and physical. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're, every workout you're doing is pushing you to the edge, then you're going you're gonna to use up that. You're going to burn out. Right, you're going to burn out. You're going to use up that mental energy. Um, but there are, does have to be times where you're pushing yourself in training. Um, but I don't know that push means going to your maximum. Like I think yeah. there's, I think pushing it or like, so let's say your, your coach puts, you know, ride three to three and a half hours this weekend, you know, the, on Saturday. And every time you see that you come in at two fifty, you know, well, what, why is that the case? Like that to me is like, you know, you're like, oh, I didn't feel great. So I push. Is it know. mental? Is it physical? Is it? Right. Yeah. Like no, to me, if that happens every time, that's mental, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have threshold intervals and you're supposed to go as hard as you can for however many minutes, like, you know, that's, that's like a physio. I, I think maybe you have a little bit left in you, but like, I don't know. I'm going to give the example of myself this week, right? Tuesday's workout on the bike was supposed to be this like hard effort. I think it was like four, six minutes, whatever it was hard. And I just didn't get a good night's sleep and I wasn't feeling well. And I was like, I'm going to do the workout, 
But I'm going to do, I think I just paste like the trainer, mm-hmm. whatever that's called. I don't mm-hmm. know what it's called. Robo pacer. Robo pacer. And mm-hmm. I did that and I had a good workout. Does that mean I don't have the mental results? No, no, no. because today I got up and I was like, um, I've got this workout. It's going to be hard. And it wasn't like one of the similar one, but it was like, you know, seven minute hard, whatever it was. And, I, and but like I pushed through that, yeah. but I was a lot smarter to take the Tuesday yeah. dial yeah. back so, to uh, mentally push myself today and had i gone hard on tuesday i mean i could have been suffering today you could have been but what if playing devil's advocate play it no way maybe maybe early on (laughs) maybe early on right that's good you had a win you didn't want to do the workout you did the workout it wasn't about not wanting to i was just physically not feeling you you went into it with negative self-talk because hmm. I didn't sleep well. I didn't uh, talk at all. I can't do this workout because I didn't sleep well. So you know what? I wasn't feeling well. And I wasn't feeling well. I feel like I don't feel well. No, it was more important to get healthier faster than to stay sick and have today's workout be right. like total ish. So you were sick. I didn't know you were sick. I thought well, you like, said you just didn't sleep. No, I wasn't feeling well. But I'm just saying, and I'm just playing devil's app. This no, is not what like, I would this do. Is, this is why we're going to, this is so deep. But to, if you're <laughs> working on building mental resiliency... Like sometimes you have to say, hey, what if I do train when conditions aren't perfect and can I still have a good workout? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think it goes back, like you have to have a well-structured plan. Mm-hmm. Your workouts have to all have purpose and you can't just try and go 100% every day because then you do, it's much easier to do what you're talking about, James, where like, yeah, you wake up and you're like, ah, eh, I don't feel great. But if your plan was right and like you've, you should be able to do that workout. And other than uh, I didn't get a great night's sleep or, you know, whatever, I slept funny and my neck is bothering me, something like that, and you fight through that, then great. But if every day it's like I'm going to the well and I'm just like, mm-hmm. you're going to, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, and then I, I was, li- there was a podcast, uh, it was a Rich Roll podcast, and it was talking to um, a runner. She lives in the United States, but I think she runs for Greece. And, She's a, I think she's an Olympic marathoner um, or she, whatever she is. She's a long distance runner. And she has this, had this great quote about her coach. She had, like had a bad run and her coach in the lead up to the Olympics. And her coach was like, as long as like a third of your runs or a third of your workouts, you feel great. Mm-hmm. And a third of your workouts, you're going to feel normal. And a third of your workouts, you're going to feel like crap. That's okay. That's that's fine. That's, kind of how that's just how it's going to be. You're not going to feel great mm-hmm. for every workout. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you know, and he it was like, I think she called it the rule of thirds. And that was something mm-hmm. her coach was calling it. And like, you know, you're, you're not going to feel great all the time. You can't mm-hmm. because yeah. if you did, then you never get any better because you'd be resting all the time. Yeah. So but like as coaches, right? How do you tell the difference in your athletes? I'm not devil's advocate or whatever. Just asking questions. Uh, how do you tell the difference in your athletes where they're like, yeah, they constantly keep keep coming to you like, this didn't feel good, didn't do it, did this at 70%. Like, what, where do you change that? Like, no, no, you got to start putting in the work or you just dial down their their plan and say, okay, right. we're, we're going to make your plan adjustable to 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 what your mental resilience is or your, <laughs> your you know. I think you do that. I think you dial it. If, if they say like, no, this was too hard. And then you dial it down. And if they say it a second time, like you dial it down, it's, oh, it's still too hard. You dial, like, 
then there's something to it. You are you wondering? look into like, what are your goals and what are you trying to get out of this? Or is, which, is are you wondering, different? are there markers or metrics that you can tell as a coach if someone's just physically, uh, mentally checked out versus hitting their physical limit? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, is it mental or is it, is it physical? Is it like, and like, I, I like that answer. That was a good answer, but like, I would, I would think it depends on the coach. I think it, mm-hmm. it's going to be very specific to every athlete, right? Yeah. I mean, there's all the metrics you can look at and like, if you have data going back for any kind of period of time, you're going to know things like numbers they've hit before, heart rates they've hit before, paces they've hit, all that kind of stuff. You're going to know that. And if you see some weird anomaly, you can be like, well, that was just, maybe that was too much. Maybe that wasn't like whatever. If you, I think it's a, a consistency thing. Like if you see it frequently, then there's something to the mental side of things. Yeah. You know? Did we go off track? Are we off the track? Yeah. Do we need the train to come by? Yeah, we did. I love when we go off the track. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's where I live. <laughs> train needs In to come back and put us on the track. Down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. All right. So I think like, okay, so there's. there's All there's I think we did was we, me and James talked about whether it was self-doubt, fear, or lack of motivation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's strategies, there's benefits, and then there's a the development. What? You're going benefits. too far too fast. Let's and, go. And then there's and then there's in developing it, right? So why don't we talk about strategies? Strategies for dealing with the pre-race nerves. Yeah. That's Alcohol. what that's. So so how do you guys like how what are your feels pre-race? Like what are I I'll start. I am more than excited about race day. Okay. I don't care what race I'm doing. I am that excited. Well, watch like me a, watch like me a, answer this question. <laughs> Greg tell 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 them. Tell them what I what oh, I Oh God, I can't even I <laughs> I don't I was so excited I didn't even listen to you for <laughs> Wait, what are um, we talking about? Me pre race. How nervous he you is pre race. I don't he, remember. He are gets you? chatty. Does like, he? I mean oh. but more than usual. Yeah, more than usual. Sure. He's explaining to me his <laughs> this is gonna sound terrible, his lubrication strategies. <laughs> yeah. You have a strategy for that? He <laughs> asked multiple layers. Oh. He was like, he was like, you know, I, I you know, it's not enough that we use chamois cream. I was like, oh, it's not enough. I'm like, so what do, what do you do? So he asked. Yeah. But yes, there was a very lengthy explanation. It's a whole podcast. Oh, so you're going. So you and I have to be separated. <laughs> what do you need? Do you need quiet and zen? No, I just don't need a lot of like. Yeah. No. Yeah, I like like. So no, I would actually. You were like, are calm. you breaking down all the risks and doing your analysis and going through every single possible failure point? Uh, I think it's more um, worst case scenario at everything. That so, sounds exactly like. Yeah, that's, so that's you go not, through every single surprising. possible failure point. <laughs> that's, that's it's not the fail. It's it's. Well, you just worst case failure. scenario it's of like, everything. <laughs> I'm gonna drown on the thing on the uh, slam when i crash on the bike and like both tires are going to blow out uh-huh. and then and then because because I, I just go what's the worst that could happen and i solve it and then i feel better and you do this um out loud or in good, your head that is a good depends if greg's with him <laughs> <laughs> if i'm with him it's out loud looking forward to and then and then i solve <laughs> and then i go through it and then i'm all good can not we, all good, but can you record this? And when so when you guys are rooming for Eagle Man, no, because no, I'm in, I'm in my own zone. Like yeah. I, and I think like now that we're talking about it, and like he's just so happy. I am. I really am excited for race day. Mm-hmm. Um, happy go lucky, Greg. Have but you, I'm also he's always happy. But he's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm quiet. Um, but I'm also a pretty quiet person in general. Uh, I think I get more quiet uh, the morning of, and that's how I deal with my nerves. Uh, growing up on the 
you know, swimming. I think I just learned to put the Walkman headphones on and like zone out. And you said Walkman. Yeah, for like walk. Not a Walkman. Yeah. Well, because I swam 20 years ago. Like we had our, I, dude, I, that yellow. Do you have the yellow waterproof? Waterproof one. Yeah. Yeah. That had it been a, a Casio or was it no, Sony? Sony. Sony, Sony did that one. Okay. Sony did that one. And it had the yellow headsets. I don't. I probably broke those and <laughs> had to replace, replace them. Ooh, like the sport headsets or the foam covered foam. Remember yeah. the sport when they started making like yeah. sport. I don't remember what kind of headphones, but like yeah. just we're never gonna get through this. Episode. Some kind, <laughs> never some, some kind of uh, some kind of music playing that I could just zone out to. I didn't mm-hmm. want to talk to you. Um, like he talks, I <laughs> pretend to listen. <laughs> and, uh, like because, but but the thing is, like that's what he needs. He doesn't need me to respond. He, to he just needs, he someone needs to, to let talk, it out. right? Um, and I just need to like I just zone out and zone into think about what I'm about to do. Yeah, um, and I run through all the scenarios, and that's it. I might nod and be like, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Marilyn? How do you feel before a race? Um, yeah, I'm pretty calm usually, except for this 5K. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> you did seem oddly nervous. Like, so, and I think it goes back to when I was reading I this. even next door. <laughs> uh, when I was reading this, it's something, I mean, I think I told you about it when we were riding in Harriman. It's, I, I knew I wasn't prepared for it, mm. so... That's why I was nervous because I knew it was going to hurt really bad and I was going to try and still do like what I've been able to do knowing that I wasn't going to be able to. And I was nervous about that. Mm. So it was like a mismatch of maybe realistic goal and preparation. Yeah, And, and I knew just... I wasn't. So I think that's why I was like nervous and anxious. And But normally I'm calm and sort of more on the quiet side, which sometimes I am anyway, but. Because normally you are prepared. You're yeah. very good at staying right. disciplined. So your I'm training. like super calm, excited, like want to get it started, but pretty calm. Not All right. Finish really. the round table, James. Yeah. I'm trying to think how I feel. I, I mean, I think, I think if it's changed since the beginning, like um, AC, I was very, I think, I think I was very nervous. I, I, cause I, we'd never done a 70.3 before. But you've before. done lots of different kind of racing, you know, like you've yeah. got, Events. Racing events, background. You know, yeah. I think it comes back to like, I think it comes back to my confidence. I don't I don't I lack confidence in myself. So what does that feel like on the start line of any event? A Spartan race, a sprint triathlon, a five K or I guess if I could sum it up, if it's like if I was either a baseball player or a basketball player and it's bases loaded, three and two count, you know just need a hit like i don't want to be that guy you don't want to be that guy i don't want to be that guy at bat or you need to make this free throw to uh-huh. tie the game i don't want to be that guy i don't know that i want to either but i want to play the game yeah so I, yeah i don't want to i guess and so that's I, like that's where i see myself at this you know pre-race pre-race jitters to me are like you know like there's people who visit the porta potty six times like that's not me there's people who are like checking their tire pressure every 10 minutes there's people like there's people who can't get a handle on that that feeling, that pre-race mm-hmm. excitement. Mm-hmm. And whether that, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just excitement that's all over the place where I like to, I like, I freaking love it. Like, <laughs> I guess I don't, so I don't go put into, that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I, freaking I freaking love, love it. it. <laughs> I don't know if I go into it feeling like I'm, all right, I'm going to go crush this race. Like, I don't think I ever feel um, that confident. So I just yeah. want to be like, all right, hopefully I, I just have a, a good result. Yeah. I don't, I don't want it to come across that that's my thought either. Like I don't, that's always like my thought that you're going to crush it. Well, you, yeah, like that's most just, of the time you crush it. No, so no, that. not necessarily, but that's what I think. Like I'll even be like, you know, like you're racist to win. Like I know I'm never going to win, but 
to win like for me, whatever that means. Yeah. You have positive self-talk. Yeah. Which is great. Mm-hmm. I think that's you have that's that's a great tool. And so I have I have to work on that because I think I'm always just like a I like I'm not I don't trust myself. I don't mm-hmm. and I need to trust the training I yeah, put. Yeah, and all the work you put um, in. all the work, what the numbers are saying. But I'm afraid to say, Oh, I did it. like what if it doesn't turn out right? So And not every race does. I mean Yeah. So how do I feel though? I don't know. Trying to think back. I think I definitely feel better with the group. If I was by myself, mm-hmm. definitely would be much more stressed out, much more anxiety. So, mm-hmm. you know, with Rich being so chatty and friendly during that time, <laughs> it, it eases my nerves, I guess. I don't I don't know if I get talking a lot. Um, I do know the night before, as I'm trying to fall asleep, I actually, I do imagine the entire race. So mm-hmm. I imagine myself, you know, going into the swim, what I'm doing how envisioning how it's going to go and then getting to bike transition That's all the little steps thing. so i li- i just pl- i try to play out the whole thing in my head to just visualize it how it's going to happen yeah and then into the run and all that and then visualize the finish line and all that so that helps me fall asleep but i just i keep playing it over and over in my head can i ask you what do you what do, so you visualize i do also do you guys do that mm-hmm. yeah. what do you so you said something and it just clicked to me that i i visualize completely opposite different from you so i want to hear what how you guys well i don't want to say it until i hear what you guys say i want to see if i'm i'm intrigued now i'm going to use an analogy or a different story um teaching martial arts and and there would be roadblocks to kids adults everyone breaking boards and the tool is visualized if you can visualize your technique the physics of what you're going to do that board's going to break the key is as the key is actually the slower you can visualize it. So mm. like every little move, the easier it's going to be. So the more transparent, the more like vivid that picture is of what's going to happen in your mind, the easier it's going to be to break that board. So when I visualize, I literally, and I, I just go slow. So yeah, chatty, all that stuff. But once I get into transition, I my my practice is visualization. So mm-hmm. I'm now, like he said, like I know where the swim entrance is, I know where the swim exit is, I know where the bike, um, bike out, bike in, run out, like, and I and I visualize. It's hard to say, but all those hours in my head, as slow and as vivid as I can, we, like ride the bike course. You know, if I can see the run course. The, the slower the visualization, seeing every feeling, every moment, every breath, the better it is for me. That's how I visualize. Do you do that all naturally or do you have to use the aid of any substances? No, no I know <laughs> how to slow it down. No, I know <laughs> how transition is going to go. Like my transition's so set up that the best way to practice transition in my head is, is visualizing. Like when I exit the water, I visualize which arm I'm going to take off first. Oh, wow. Where, like when I'm going to take off the, the cap, where the goggle is going to go um, inside the cap, where I'm going to place it on the transition area, like the slower. I don't think it. And then once any of that, that shit. Once, no, not, I don't either. That's one a bit. lot. It goes so yeah. smooth. I'm close to what, what Rich does. Yeah. I, I do try to break it down to like I want to see everything that I'm going to do. Like I don't say oh, I'm just going to go through transition. Mm-hmm. I do say I'm, I'm going to put my goggles here. I'm going to make sure I grab this and do this. All this is going to be set up here. I'm imagining myself. So I, I do, I don't, I don't think I do it as slow as possible, but I try to think about all the details. 
<laughs> Man, I was like, you guys are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Cray cray. <laughs> I'm dying because all I visualize is crossing the finish line. Oh, that's so it. And like having end. like a great result, which is wrong. You're supposed to do more of what you guys say, but there's <laughs> so no funny. right or wrong. No. We are all yeah. we are all trying to go through this episode so together. I don't visualize any of the stuff you said, Rich. Um I don't <laughs> I don't think about the race actually happening. I visualize nothing but what it's going to feel like for me it's all about the internal feels of what those things are gonna so like like when i dive into the water i like am visualizing what my stroke is gonna feel like that day i'm not i'm not taking feel explain say more words Stroke I feel. love that phrase. Like, it's my favorite. <laughs> What's your like, stroke going to feel like? So you're visualizing your stroke. But like the way James explains uh, it, it's almost it's almost like he's visualizing the action. Him watching himself. Yeah, I'm playing the, the race yeah. in my head. But are you watching it from above? <laughs> no, it's from my. Are you having an out of body experience? No, it's not what an out of body experience. That's weird. I don't think. Yeah, no. we need to be on something to, out, <laughs> to see a third. Right, you need to see DJ Dillon visualize the stroke. Yeah, How are you going to grab the I'm water? Visualizing the from my, yeah, my body. Same as you, but I'm not same. Oh, but I'm not okay. thinking Same-sies. about like yeah. But I'm not thinking about like how, what I'm going to be doing. Like what I'm gonna. I don't know how to explain it. I'm visualizing what like my body's going to feel like putting that effort. You're in. you're thinking about how you're going to feel. Yeah, where they're talking about what the actions they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think about the actions. Mm, I think about the feels. feels. I want to, so I think about like when I'm in the water, it's like like I know what. You're going to feel what? Yeah. (laughs) Like I want to feel that that initial shock (laughs) of cold water. Yeah. But then like when I'm swimming, like I. I know what feel go, feeling good in the water feels like. That's what I'm visualizing. Like that's that, a big part of mental skills is is feel is visualizing how you're going to feel and how you're going to react to those feelings. Yeah. So whether it's you're feeling good or also you have to think about how when you feel badly and you know you get to T two and you're you're cramping, mm-hmm. you're having those feelings. What are you going to do at that point? Yeah. To keep going. So are you imagining? But that's different than visualizing the race. Okay. I would say that. I guess different. so. Then I'm not visualizing. Then I don't visualize the race. It is. That's part no, of visualization. Don't Planning for don't how you feel him. is no. Okay. I, I, <laughs> don't be judging. I'm not judging. Of- <laughs> I'm saying. Hold on. I'm saying that feeling. Uh, I feeling what you're going to feel at that time or how you're going to deal with those feelings is something like I do also, but it's not what I'm doing at the moment when we enter transition for the first time. It's, it's that mental kind of preparedness. Okay. If, when I'm going to feel this and I know I'm going to feel it, there's, there's always a time that, you know, these are the things that are going to get through. Okay. So mm-hmm. when I, I guess then for me, the way to put it for me is when I want to get introspective about what the race, the upcoming race is, whether that's the day before the night before when I'm trying to fall asleep or the morning of, like I'm thinking about internal stuff. I'm thinking about like, like I know what that, effort on the bike is going to feel like in my legs and like I know I, that's the thing I'm thinking about I'm not thinking about like the tight corner at mile 14 and like how I'm going to handle that or anything like that I'm thinking about like what am I going to feel as my race goes on and for me that's a relaxing kind of way to prepare for my event yeah now do you think that comes from because of your experience I I like to think so but I don't I mean there maybe like is like for, you know, 
for me, I'm very new to, still to the sport. So I feel like um, a lot of the things that have to happen during race aren't automatic and I have to make a conscious effort. Okay. Just for, you know, logistics mm-hmm. and whatever. But with your experience, maybe that's like, yeah, it's just autopilot. Maybe, but I don't, I mean, I'm also, I feel like there's, there's way more time to be made up with performance than there is with like getting through transition cleanly, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. those kind of things. <clears throat> I try and simplify that stuff ahead of time so that there doesn't need to be mm-hmm. like, there's not 15 steps getting, going from through T2. It's like, put your shoes on, grab your, your thing and run, mm-hmm. you know, and like I, I've tried to sim- run belt. That's I'm all even, in my hat all, and I just yeah. go and I put it on as I'm running. I'm not even though doing it to be as fast as possible transition. It's just more like I want to literally imagine like what I will be doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's so I, I remove any uncertainty. So you yeah. feel prepared. Yeah. So I feel prepared. So maybe that's what it is. In those areas, I feel uncertain. So I want to visualize yeah. that and okay. then imagine a positive. So there's no unknowns. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. maybe like you're beyond that point. So then now it's more like, all right, I want to make, you want to reinforce the feeling and make sure you're performing and be prepared for the parts <clears throat> where you know it's going to hurt right? and where it shouldn't hurt. And I have a funny story. When, when we did the Atlantic city Olympic that just me and the girls did, Jackie and I were online for the swim and it was our first kind of big race. And how you know you stand on that line to go in for a while we did not speak the entire time <laughs> we just stood next to each other and didn't speak i think at one point i asked her about her wedding dress i was like did you get it did you get your wedding dress she goes yeah i go cool, <laughs> cool. we were so nervous oh yeah and she was like me like we just don't speak we're just like okay yeah, yeah. see i don't get nervous like at, i mean a little bit but like i just get quiet like, yeah but i don't think it's nerves it's just because i'm yeah, exactly. So have the blinders on. I was thinking about it. And I think what you were saying, Greg, you're just such a professional. And then <laughs> stop. <laughs> because that's my second step, right? It's it's that part where, okay, how I'm going to feel in the swim. Yeah. What I'm going to do. like, and, and it is more about that feeling part mm-hmm. because um, it's what the feelings are going to be throughout the race. Yeah. And then you kind of prepare for the, for that. Or you you visualize those, or you feel those, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ultimately, the goal, whether it's you know you're you're visualizing the actual actions or the feelings, mm-hmm. you're just trying to remove uh, stress and anxiety. Yeah. And I think that's the tool is that when you when you visualize mm-hmm. what you think is going to happen, then it's just like resolved in your head now. You're like, okay, you're prepared if it does happen. You well, know how to react. Can I just say that to remove? Um, stress and anxiety I do the more of the smiling and the positive and the kind of like trust the plan like I've done this so many times and mm-hmm. I know this is going to sound corny but it is true I get to do this mm-hmm. that's your I mean, mantra I, it, it is it, a lot of times it is like so, and I remember a, a few times I had bad weather in, in a race and just like why am I doing this? Was that your first, your first seventy point three, or one of your first seventy point three? One of them. It was. It was an Olympic. It was okay. a couple Olympics, and it was just like pouring. Oh. And you're just like, ah, it's miserable. But and then you just smile and you go, I get to do this. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. choosing and to do and this. Just, and, and then and that and that for me, that's always been the thing. That's like, I get to do this. It's fun. So I think that brings up a, another point then, like you, you raced in the rain. So now you're more prepared for the next time you have to race in the rain, like you've done it. 
And so I like seeking out uncomfortable situations, seeking out discomfort is, is key in training and during a race so that you build on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know that I go to the extreme of like, you have to do suffering the entire time to know, you know, terrible suffering. I just think that if you practice your race, you'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be better. You'll be fine. And practicing your race to the extent of like your tire pops, you change the tire, you know, it's raining. You've ridden in the rain. You, I don't know, whatever it is you've kind of like practiced that, that part of it. Right. Some terrible 12% hill. Oh, I've done that. All right. That's the thing. I think you have to find those little wins with, within your training. That, like yeah, a, that goes with like knowing the course, knowing mm-hmm. what the weather is going to be like, and being prepared. Like, oh, I've lost my nutrition. All right, I've lost my nutrition in training. Oh, I've gotten cramps. Oh, yeah, I've gotten cramps in training. So that part helps. Yeah, because if you only train in ideal conditions the all zone. the time, um, your fitness will probably increase. You'll know, you'll be physically ready, mm-hmm. but if you don't. If you don't train the mental aspect and do a training session when you're not 100% or with ideal conditions aren't there, um, you don't get the nutrition you need. Something like you have to, you, ha- you kind of have to feel these things. I think um, the way I like to approach a lot of things is getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to, it has to be uncomfortable enough. And then you have to get comfortable with that uncomfortable. As Goggins would say, you have to callous the mind. <laughs> I, heavy <laughs> eye roll by, by yeah. You don't like him? I'm not a big Goggins fan either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's some nuggets of... There's a couple. Like callousing them. Like you, you work out, you callous your hands, and then you're able to hold on to that mm-hmm. that barbell longer or hold that pull-up bar because your hands are used to it. If you don't callous your mind, the first sign of discomfort or adversity, you're going to... I just don't need to be it. taken into the hospital with my insides failing in order to feel Right, that. you don't need to so. work out to rabdo, like, yes. Yeah, but well, right. yeah, he you takes to it feel, to an extreme, but... Yeah, like, you have to do a session in the heat when it's hot and yeah. uncomfortable and, yeah. and force adaptation. Yeah, like, you have to get an open water and it has to be, like, in the middle of nowhere. You're going to look around like there's no shore. All right, cool, let's go. It's constantly stepping out of your comfort zone because your your comfort zone is always going to increase, right? Because mm-hmm. as the, the more you do the more you're, you're able to handle. Yep. But, but if you stay in that comfort zone, you're not going to grow. And and here's the interesting thing that um, I wanted to see if you your take all of your takes on this. It's kind of like being outside your comfort zone is what do you need to bring that um, childhood thing that comforted you with you? Like whatever that is, like the training or, or whatever. Like as kids, kids are always outside their comfort zone. But, you know, like kids either have like a, a toy or a blank or whatever it is, that, but they're always outside their comfort zone. Everything's new to them, right? Mm. So in training, like what do you need when you're outside of that comfort zone, whatever it is in the run, the bike, the swim, to to make yourself feel comfortable? Is it, what is it, what is your banky? What is your like? What's your banky? <laughs> That's <laughs> not it, going on a shirt, right? Your no. team? <laughs> <laughs> is it your team? Is it like your mental resilient? Like that's mental resilience to me. Are you like... You kind of do it, but like you, you first time like, okay, what, what do I need with me? My goal. Your goal. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I think it's uh, a collection of small wins along the way. So you've proven to yourself before, hey, like I've run a half marathon before. I can do this. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've biked 56 miles before in training. I can do this. I've swam you know, 1.2 miles. So you, you go back to 
the little things you've done in yeah. training. I, I've done this before. So you, that's why I say you have to seek out discomfort. You have to yeah. go outside your comfort zone and, and have those little, and it may not be the half marathon. It might be like, oh, I, I ran a 5K. I've done this before. Exactly. So that that's what kind of like, why not leading the witness? Right. That's where I kind of was thinking <laughs> about this is, is for me, and maybe for a lot of people, it's building. Like I, there was a part where I was like, you know, you just need to submerse yourself in that experience from zero to a hundred and then you'll be good. But the more I learn, the more I, I get smarter about things, the more I think it's like you build to it. You build, you build, you build, you take small, small steps. And then you're eventually like, wait, what? I'm, I'm doing, you know, long runs. I'm doing, you know, crazy elevation on a ride. What, what's going on? I'm putting out crazy power. I'm like, I'm swimming in the ocean. Mm-hmm. How's this happening? But you've done it because you've incremented to it. Yeah. And I think that, that I like as a good mental, you know, that builds your mental resilience. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of keys in on a bunch of the stuff we've been talking about. Like the better prepared you are, mm-hmm. the better you're going to do. Like the, the more experience you have to draw from, the more likely you are to be successful. But we should talk about like, what if you're not prepared and you didn't have the training time and you're just now out there and you're now doing it? Like, what do you need mentally to get yourself through and get yourself over the finish line? So like when you're just, you're, you're over your You don't head. have yeah. the prep. Like, just you stay where, so race at wherever level you are. And if that means right. you can't do what you did when you were prepared, do what you can. So you're at the point you're overwhelmed and you're just yeah. all right, am I going to, you're at the point. Started this race, but to, like you shouldn't have. Like I need, to, <laughs> I, like you're at the point, do I quit right <laughs> that now? That was the 5K. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're at the point you, you've, you've, you think you've been off too much and you're like, all right, I need to quit. And so like, what do you draw on Like at everything's that point? gone wrong. You haven't prepped. Your prep is shit. And you're now in this race, you know, the life, the guy on the kayak is like, no, let me pull you to an ambulance. You're like, no, I got this. And then like, you got to get through the race. Like, what do you, you know, what's your mental toughness look like? So I would say first thing, you have to reassess your goal now. Okay. So whatever you you thought maybe you were going to do, you have to throw that away. All right. You've thrown it away. You throw it away. Now you're just in that, that moment. You're, if you're in the swim and it's falling apart. All right. Can I take one stroke? Can I at least float to that buoy? Like can I make it like, can I do three strokes and then take a pause and see how I feel? So take like notes, people just in the moment. That's the note. Don't think about you have this bike and swim or run left. Like, can I just get to this point yeah. right here? And then rinse and repeat. That's the entire race at that. And see where, see how far it's going to take you. But you can't, if you think about, the enormity of the task beyond that because now you feel like you've you're overwhelmed like you then you you've lost right but everyone can always say i can do one more stroke you've i could pedal extra whatever pedal. percent still left yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about you yeah. marilyn you got that 5k you should have you know thrown in what, just, what was your mental resilience i raced where i was whatever fitness i had that's what i did what made so you keep going I mean, I don't know, because <laughs> so I wasn't going to quit, but I just went as fast as I could in that moment, not what I've done in the past. What stopped you from walking? I don't know. I, I like even I even said to myself, like, why, like, just walk? And I, yeah, no, I don't know. Well, competitive? Because yeah. I'm, I'm very competitive. So okay, I Greg. wasn't, 
Like yeah, I, don't ask me because I, I walked. So your, your, compet- <laughs> your competitive nature yes, wouldn't it was allow my, you? Right. Yeah. Would you have felt disappointed in yourself if you... Yeah, 100%. And that disappointment would have hurt more than just sticking with it. The pain of the race. Yeah. Some people... I think mm-hmm. Jerry said it, right? He just didn't want his kids to be disappointed in him. <laughs> and he was like in the range of being hugged by a bear yeah. or a guy that <laughs> looked like a bear. Um, and right, that's something going. that like I say sometimes, like the disappointment of not trying as hard as I can will last longer than the pain I'm feeling right now. Mm. All right, Greg. Give us, give us a wisdom. No, I don't. I'm not good at this. Like I'm, I'm Greg learning a lot from you guys. I'm not good at this, but I don't need to visualize. No, I'm, I got the, I'm the one who down. I like. I take a walk break. I, you know, ease off the power. Like I, I don't have that. That's something. That's a huge thing that I need to work on. Okay, so I don't you're know. In that I'm race, listening you're to you guys. I'm going to listen to this podcast <laughs> three times before it comes out. On our suffering. ride, on our ride this weekend, when I was like, I, I think I'm out of gas, and he was like, All right, shut it down. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, so Greg, what was the what was the worst race you've ever had? Or one of I'm sure there can't be they, they weren't all great. No, I think there's always things I look for that I can find to improve on every race I do. Where did you feel the most struggle ever? This past weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No. Just kidding. This past weekend run. Um we're going to have to come back to him. No, I'm okay. He's on the cusp of yeah, it. Yeah, no. So um, I did the bear. There used to be, I mean, maybe there still is. There used to be a bike road race up at um, Harriman and it was four laps. Um, we went, started at Lake Welch and then dropped down that hill and came back up Tiarati Brook. And then the loop, that was the loop. It was like 14 miles. We had to do it four times for 50 something miles. Um, and I went into it. I was the lightest I'd ever been and the fitness was pretty good. It wasn't like peak season. It was like May and I was trying to peak a little bit later. Um, but I was still, I felt like I was in pretty good shape and I got dropped the first time up the hill. Um, and I chased for, that was like six miles into a 56 mile road Mm. race Mm. and I chased for 50 miles. Oh my gosh. By myself. So you and never, mentally, where were you? Tell us your mental. Why'd you chase? Why didn't I? Cause you're right, because I could have stopped. Um, you didn't walk. Well, there was no walk. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not <laughs> a bicycle. I could have pulled into the parking lot three three times. I I went by the place and I could have stopped. Um, Did you go into that race thinking you had a chance of winning it? No. no. Okay. Um, the, the, I absolutely knew I couldn't. Um, I was the goal was to try and stay with the group as long as I could and then go from there. Um, after I got dropped, so we started up the hill. It's like a 12 or 13 minute climb, I feel like, to get back up to Seven Lakes. Um, I was climbing okay and then somebody accelerated and that was like I was on the rivet and that acceleration just popped me off the back. Um, but then I like was able to catch people. I was able to like, see people and like go and get them and go and get them. And mm-hmm. I don't know that I got past the rest of the race, like for the 50 miles. I don't think I got past, but you um, were picking I was target. Picking a couple of, yeah, yeah I was picking was like a target. One step, one more step, um, one more rider. Goggins calls that taking souls. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people say like you pick someone and when you pick them off, you say, I just took all their energy. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Eh. So that was my worst, probably my worst race experience. So how did you talk yourself into? So like, how far? Like, how far gone were they? Like, you could. Oh, I don't know. Like, I could mean, you see them? No. So they were gone. Yeah, gone. you're by yourself. By myself. But you're still. So now you're just pedaling as hard as you can. Yeah. And then, and then you see someone in the distance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would see people like there were people getting spit out of the group. So you start with a hundred, hundred and twenty guys, and then half of them get shelled on the first ride, first go up the hill. So you got sixty people in a Spread lead out. group going. They probably finished thirty minutes in front of me. So what are you thinking though? When when someone finally you're by yourself, and then you see someone off in the horizon. That was my only like. I was like, I took. I just tried to settle into a pace that I was like, okay, let's see what we can do. I kept looking at my power meter being like, okay, if this is a number you can do and go from there. Try and catch my breath on the downhills. Try and pick people off. Yeah. It do wasn't you, fun though. Do you remember, Was did your uh, power stay the same during that? Like whatever yeah, number I did, you said? I put a pretty good effort in. Like I, I paced myself well. Would you do anything different? Lee. No, there's probably nothing else. I, I was just not fit enough to be in that race. Yeah. I was in over my head. Happens. I mean, I was hoping we'd get this breakthrough. No, there's that's <laughs> like, I try, but. Well, I think you talked about before, Greg, you're really good at compartmentalizing things. Yeah. And you're probably able to, eh, that race is done, boom, move yeah. on. But next. listen, there are times where I like, I have races that I almost won that still bother me today. You know, and that's 15 years ago. I'm like, I made these mistakes. The and closer you come, the harder oh, absolutely. it is to get over. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned even for, for muscle men, uh, that during the run, you hit the yeah. the dark place. Uh-huh. And what was the after the first loop? Or? No, it was during the first loop. The first loop sucked for me. So how'd you keep going? How was your nutrition when that happened? Because I got something I learned about that. But it, go was, ahead. it was good. Yeah. I, I took in a thousand calories on the bike. I was hitting probably a hundred calories at every aid station. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a nutrition thing. I went out too fast off out of T2. Um, I was holding a pace that I, in my head, I had talked myself into thinking I could probably maybe hold, but I had never done it in training. Mm. So interesting. Well, we, then we go to you. Like, how did you get through it? You almost yeah. You were in a spot that me. Me was come on. Me was a hundred percent mental. Yeah, but not on this episode. Everyone's when they specifically search for this episode <laughs> to be the most listened to episode ever. Well, I still want to hear. They want to know how you did it. So I, I still so, want to hear though. Like, I mean, for Greg too, it was it was a similar. It, yeah, you but know. mine was a mental thing. Yours was a physical thing. Yeah. Like you didn't mentally conjure up cramps. I was just <laughs> having this talk with myself that like. This was not like, you know, I thought I could do this and I can't. And now why do I even want to be here if I can't do Some this? Some negative thoughts started creeping into yeah, your head. a hundred percent. And how'd you get past that? I don't know. Um, well, I, I, I walked like Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know the answer though. That's, that's why I'm listening to you guys. Um, I walked a lot more than I should have or needed mm-hmm. to or thought I needed to. Maybe it was what I needed to. Um, and then... Once I got to halfway, that was once I finished that first loop, I knew I could finish. Yeah. So you made it to halfway. Like, halfway for me is so important. And that's like, cause now it's, we're counting down. We're not counting yes. up anymore. We're counting down. And I use that, like I use that on my bike ride today. Like, you know, I had four, six minute intervals over threshold that I was like, 
Like they were hard and I had just bumped up my FTP a couple of lots. So like they were even harder than I thought they were going to be. Um, and I got through the first one and I was like, Ooh, that was, that was tough. And then by the, but once I got through the second one, I'm like, okay, cool. You've done, you've done it. You've done that 12 minutes of work. You only have 12 minutes left. Like you've done it. You can do it again. So for me getting to that halfway point, I think is an important piece. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> when was the, so that, you know, you're at the, the 13.1 run. When was the last 13.1 race you had done? Whether 70.3 or a half marathon. That was my first. That was your first. Yeah. So you're on, you're in uncharted, uncharted territory. territory. Yeah. So per, like preparedness allows you to have that mental mm -hmm. fortitude to get through it. Mm. And I didn't have that. Oh, I thought you were saying you did have that. No, that's I why didn't you're have able that. to get through no, that's why I could that's why I had so much negative self thought. It's like you've never done this. What do you think you're what are you thinking? You're gonna be able to run this pace for you know, I got through the first mile and looked at my watch and I'm like, Yeah, we're cooking. And then just the fucking bottom dropped out. <laughs> and I then not it, literally. <laughs> not literally, right? But then it's like, what do you think you're doing up here? Like Did you guys what, see that news article though? No. Uh, the guy who ran, somebody who ran the Boston Marathon got caught going into someone else's yard for to number poop? two. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh see that. no. That's well, my worst like, fear. Everybody's got a ring camera. This yeah. guy's like, it's someone's yard. <laughs> ring camera. All right. Sorry. I just make So light. you made it to halfway. Yeah. You you thought you couldn't do it, but you made it to halfway. Now so you're I halfway. Think I, I think I was lucky with that race specifically because it was a two loop course. So I knew exactly what I had to do. I knew exactly what was coming. I had kind of figured out like where are the really hard parts of this course. So I knew like, okay, run this part because there's a hard part coming. Then walk that hard part. Then like each of those little milestones. So that so I was able to do. You broke it down into manageable. Yeah, I guess I did, but I knew because I knew what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. The hard parts were all like stacked up together they were all, <laughs> all right there up. and that was my problem like on the flats along the lake i was feeling like i was like was nice. bouncing yeah. around i'm good and then that first hill and i was like yeah. oh yeah that hit hard mm -hmm. but now you have that experience that's yes. like in your little cookie jar of okay now i can right. draw upon this the next time yep and like you have to find like you have to get yourself into these situations yes and i think that's the biggest thing i think that's like the more times you do something, mm -hmm. the better prepared you're going to be to do that thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not rocket science. I, I think there's a double edge. It is rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> Mental resilience. Yeah, the more times you get to Mars, the more easier it is to get to Mars. Because <laughs> I think there, if you, if every race went smoothly, and we've said this before, if every race went smoothly, I don't know if you can build mental resilience. If you feel no discomfort or hardship, you yeah. may not want to do it anymore. Like, I don't know if you <laughs> have, have mental that. fortitude. Maybe this is wrong to say, but at a certain distance, there is no like smoothness. Like, right. The, like, our distances are not smooth. Right. Yeah, it's always going to hurt at some it's point. Not, something's going to go wrong. At some point, it's not going to be yeah. fun, quote unquote. Just say. Yeah. It's true. I think so. That I think part of being having that mental resilience is knowing it's going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. Knowing that something will go wrong, be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. That's why he goes through how it's going to feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's and I guess that's because I hadn't done it. I didn't know what I was going to feel. Mm -hmm. So, so I think I'm going to start thinking about feeling cramps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is going to happen here. It's going to feel like this. And this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's probably not a bad idea. 
and to it's be like, I know I, can, I know I can run through it. I know I can shuffle. And if I have to, that's, that's what will happen. And going back to what you said, I think what I, number one, it helped me that you were with me. If I was by myself, maybe I would have been, eh, cramp at before mile well, one. I wasn't going to let you quit. Yeah. You wouldn't let me quit. I would have, like I had Marilyn in my back pocket and be like, what would Marilyn say? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't pull that out because he didn't need it. But if I had to, I would have. Just weaponizing <laughs> know, our teammates against each other. Because I remember at AC, like Rich, at AC, Rich he was, did that with me. Like yeah. you were ahead of me, and I, I go, I catch up to him, and he was like, "He's right there, go get him." I'm like, "I can't." I, I think Rich was like, "Jackie's right up there." Like yeah. he's like Rich he was, is instigating. He was like, playing he's, all of us <laughs> in the end, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, you being there helped me. Like I had a familiar face, someone to get me through that. But it really was that was another thing I had a ton of trouble with was. I came out of T2 time-wise with a group of people around me in a spot I didn't belong to be with on the run. Like, mm. I swam pretty quick. I rode decently quick. So I'm coming out of T2 with people who are like... Gazelles. 430 mm. half Ironman people. 445 half Ironman people. And I wasn't that. So like, not just like, okay, now I'm plodding along at my... At that point, like nine minute pace, um, I'm getting buzzed by people. Everybody's going past me. Now, when we caught up to the second lap, people coming out of T2 at that point an hour later were my people. Mm. <laughs> like, so that made it easier. I could pick off a couple of people. Yeah. I could find people who I was faster than. That helped. He just needs to pick people off to make himself feel better. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. He needs to find victims. <laughs> Let's go back to James. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Stick into him. I, just, for I would have forgotten minutes. if I didn't. I mean, this, this story has been told many times, but it really can't. Like, so uh, you know what happened was full cramps, both legs, every single muscle, all before mile one, and so it was terrible. And I was like, "There's no way I'm going to finish this." But at some point, I said to my head. I can't, that's not even an option. I have to finish. And I, mm-hmm. I, I remember at one point I said, if I have to crawl across the finish line, I'm going to crawl. And part of it was because I knew I was with the group and I didn't want to let down, like in my head, it's like, I don't want to let down the group. Yeah. Like if everyone's having I a great race. I think that race, went through my head a couple of times too. I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be the only one not to finish. And yeah, I, like, I didn't, oh, wanna, yeah. I didn't want everyone be. to feel like uncomfortable maybe because yeah. like if you guys all had a great race and I didn't want to be like, the, the downer. The pool party after would have been sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I want everyone. To, I I wanted everyone to enjoy the day, and I didn't want to be the one who maybe would bring it down. So I was like, "All right, I'm finishing this no matter what." And then I just had to pick checkpoints, make it to you know that I, I couldn't even think halfway. It was just make it to that corner, make it to that street sign, make it up to that guy over there. And then later it was like when it was getting really bad, I was like, make it to that cone. And each yeah. cone was spaced out like two feet. Right, make it to the next <laughs> cone. I didn't even look out anymore. I just looked at my feet and like I had to pick like yeah. whatever chunk I could handle and like get my foot in front of it, like get the other foot. And it was, it was torture. And I was like, this is going to take forever. Like that's all I could think of is this is going to take forever. But I just kept trying to think one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, keep going. And that's, that's all I had, that's all I could think about the whole time. Just one foot in front of the other. If I have to walk, I walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I walked a lot, shuffled when I could shuffle, when I jog or cramp. Yeah. Walk side, run sideways, run backwards, anything. But it was like, I'm I'm gonna finish. And that was it. Mm. That's the shorter story. Yeah. It's very inspiring. It is, mm-hmm. man. I don't know if I had I, I don't have that's... that mental fortitude to have done that. 
and I also said to my, if I, I still had to trust that like running and moving with those cramps wasn't going to do any permanent damage. I was like, right. I, right. I'll probably yeah. be fine in yeah. my head. I yeah. was like, yeah, I'll be probably like, <laughs> if my feet were broken or something, maybe yeah. I would, but it's like, these are muscle cramps. Like, yeah. What's the worst that could happen? And when you stopped running, like at the finish, let's say, like when we went to eat and all that, they do they go away right away or does it last? I'm just curious. It depends. I think. Um, so I don't remember what you were walking. Like I think after. I was okay at once I stopped. I, th- I think if I if I moved in a weird way or if I you know mm-hmm. if you told me to go so like, like yeah jerked quickly but yeah then it would it would cramp. I think I was okay once I had food in me and. Right. Mm-hmm. Where I was wasn't using any exertion. I think it was okay. But I've had I've had like Spartan races too. Where I was like, I get home and I just like sitting on the couch and my legs would still be <laughs> cramping. Like it was that bad. Yeah, my legs would lock up. I'm like, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, I didn't I didn't do any nutrition or anything. I didn't know what, yeah. what what I was doing. But it was it was more like I, yeah. Once I decided in my head I'm finishing, that's then it. yeah, that's it. I heard someone say if you get emotional during a race, like down on yourself or you know you're always emotional (laughs) um he said drink and eat that you know nine times out of ten it's a nutrition issue Mm. and you you may still feel like down but not as bad just sit down and order a pizza (laughs) (laughs) just eat uber eats (laughs) i'm at mile (laughs) mile 2.4 i just need a minute yeah so what's next? Wow. Yeah, we went. we've covered <laughs> many, many pages and books worth. Of I, my I books. think we did. I, I, um, I throw the question out there because I, I don't know that I'm really great at this, but mindfulness and breathing, how many of you just do that kind of thing? I know you talked about, did you, I think Marilyn talked about it a little bit, right? What? Mindfulness and, and breathing and, and. Breathing, yeah, especially when I'm running. Like I feel like taking like a really deep breath and letting it out like helps me like just relaxes me. I just saw this tip and it's, I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate in the middle of a race. Cause it's tough, but try this. You take, um, two inhales. So you go like a two inhales through your nose. Like, so you go while and, you're running and then a slow exhale. <laughs> so do two I'm inhales. I'm not giving There's, birth, man. That is not I'm happening running. while I'm running. <laughs> but just try it. Two inhales and then a slow exhale. I could do uh-huh. that sitting here, but yeah. not and running. And what am I supposed to get from that? I'll probably faint. He's just making, <laughs> He's just making a shop and having you do it. I get this wave of, I just feel. So it's supposedly the most effective way to relieve stress. You know the but what, this is supposed to be done while in a race. No, that's uh, what I'm saying. Uh, if we could adapt it to a okay. race, it, like if you're in a moment where it's just maybe before the starting line, if you yeah. have a bunch of nerves, mm-hmm. try two inhales through your nose and then a very slow. And so to do the two inhales without exhaling, mm-hmm. two inhales and then slow exhale. And when I do it, I feel like this kind of like uh, tingling and relaxation. I could see that, from the, yeah. You got a disclaimer back. button on that thing yeah. that you can press? <laughs> like, we do not, con- you know, there's not... The I wonder if you if you got to a really bad spot, like if you, like, running, probably couldn't do it. I mean, I guess maybe you could do it on the bike. Um, but, like, you just stop wa- running yeah. and do that to, yeah. like, recenter yourself. I, I'm not... Yeah, a, if there's a train or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a mindfulness. Like, I don't know anything about it. And there's some science behind it. I forget why. I I, uh-huh. I don't remember. But this is from uh, Andrew Huberman. And so okay. he's got a lot of cool tips like this. Yeah. And, um, before we get off the breathing thing, I don't know that this is scientific or if anybody's heard this, but I've tried it. For some reason, it's worked for me. 
um, you know, when you get stitches in your side when you run, mm-hmm. they say that if you focus on exhaling on the other leg, it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so when the other like leg opposite hits breathing. the ground. How do uh, you exhale so, on your leg? I was like, imagine out of your No, you guys got it. Yeah. After a second. I bring it funny, but yeah. you guys got it. Oh, so when like, that leg lands, you exhale. So like whatever your breathing pattern is, make it opposite. Uh-huh. I don't know and if I could breathe that fast. It worked. Yes. Like whatever your breathing is, like I don't know if you're exhaling every two stops or anything, like change it, like hold it, yeah, up and uh-huh. like it, and somehow it worked. Okay, maybe our listeners will work. Hit that disclaimer button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, mindfulness. Uh, sitting there meditating. No, Zen. I can't. I mean, I'm like that a lot. I'm very introspective. I like mm-hmm. just sit there and zen all the time. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'll I'll like pay attention to how a certain effort feels and like how my body feels, but I don't know if no, I could do it. Like, oh, all the time. during race, aren't we talking about racing? Yeah. No. no, I don't do that at home. James? I think the only time I, if we talk about like mindfulness is when I'm in a very repetitive um, workout. So I'm, I'm holding something constant and it's long. We talked about before, like on a long run, you kind of get hypnotized by the sound mm-hmm. of your footsteps and then your mind just starts to go into some zone, um, that sort of mindfulness. And I guess I'm not thinking about the distance I have to run that day or what pace. I'm just just in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Did that answer your question? I'm just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think we've given yeah. people a lot to think about. Um We've bared our souls. Do you think we've done a great job? (laughs) I don't know if we've solved the world's problems, but I think we've made our mark. Tell us if we have. (laughs) Comment. Comment. Yeah. Let us know how you... want to hear some comments. How you break through these mental barriers. Yeah. Yeah, I I need every bit of help I can get. Yeah, uh, for sure. We've talked a lot about tissue resilience, and this is about (laughs) mental resilience. (laughs) I don't know what kind of resilience we have left (laughs) for the next episode, but... um, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. If you have any tips, please share them. Leave them in the comments. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, Till next time. That's another episode of the Quad Pod. Thanks everyone for listening to the Next Level Quad Pod. We really appreciate you spending time with us and listening to everything that we have to offer. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review and a rating. Those little things go a long way towards us being able to bring you more content like this. If you'd like to learn more about what we have to offer, please go to our website at goteamnltry.com. There, you can find out about all the different things we provide that can help you reach your athletic potential. Thank you again for finding time in your busy schedule to spend some time with the Quad Pod.